us be called to worship this morning by our responsive litany for Pentecost. Spirit of the living God, visit us again on this day of Pentecost. Come, Holy Spirit. Like a rushing wind that sweeps away all barriers. Come, Holy Spirit. Like tongues of fire that set our hearts aflame. Come, Holy Spirit. With speech that unites the babble of our tongues. Come, Holy Spirit. With love that overlaps the boundaries of race and nation. Come, Holy Spirit. With power from above to make our weakness strong. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.
Jesus says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me. Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin using our unison prayer of confession. Let us pray. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Through Christ, God has poured out the Holy Spirit upon us for the forgiveness of sins. And so friends, believe the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Poured out with that spirit is peace. And peace is more than the absence of conflict. The spirit's peace is wholeness, the great shalom of God for all of us. So as we here in the sanctuary in a moment exchange words and gestures of peace with one another, I hope that those of you worshiping online will share in that peace by filling out the online pew pad with the QR code or the link below the video player. Friends, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Let us exchange words and greetings of peace. So the peace needs to last longer than it takes for me to get back up here in the future. <laughs> There's more opportunity to do that later this morning. Friends, the Lord be with you. Welcome to Pentecost worship here at Fourth Presbyterian Church. Pentecost is the Lord's day that growing out of the Jewish holiday of the same name celebrates for the church the gift of the Holy Spirit to Jesus followers old and new. So online and in person, it is a gift to be here together. Please take a moment here in the sanctuary to fill out the pew pads that are at the ends of the pews. Pass them down and then back again. Note the names of the people who are seated around you so that you can greet each other by name later. We do this so that we can know that you were here and that you can indicate to us if anything about your contact information has changed or if you should like to talk to anyone from the church, from the church's staff about anything for any reason. It helps us stay connected. Speaking of connection, our fourth church member census project is continuing with the most recent batch of census forms having been mailed late last week. If you receive a form in the mail in the coming days, please complete that and return it to the church by June 15th. Doing that will help us paint the picture of who fourth church is today and provide information that's gonna help us strengthen our connections and our sense of community together. 
Speaking of connections and community, we are part of a larger denomination, the Presbyterian Church USA, and today we are taking a special denominational offering, the Pentecost offering, that supports our congregation's ministries and our denomination's ministries with youth and young adults. Information about how to participate in that special offering is in your worship bulletin. On Pentecost, that first Pentecost, the Spirit sent the church out with good news. And so a little bit later this morning, we will commission and send out members of our community who are going out this summer on trips for service and faith formation to places like Cuba and France and St. Louis and uh, Montreat, North Carolina. There's a full list of everybody who's participating in those trips so that you can pray for them after this morning in your worship bulletin as well. Finally, in addition to all of that, today is the final Sunday that the Reverend Shannon Johnson Kirchner will ascend the pulpit as the pastor and head of staff here at Fourth Presbyterian Church. I know that you all join me in gratitude and sadness this morning, and we are going to hold all of that together here in this hour. Immediately following the service of worship, there will be a congregational meeting for the purpose of recommending the pastoral relationship between Shannon and Fourth Church be officially dissolved. So you should simply remain in your seat following the post-suit of the worship service to participate in that meeting. For those of you who are worshiping online, that meeting will be live streamed, though it will be a separate stream that will start when the worship service is over. And then prayer with deacons, should you want that, will be available as it is every Sunday in Stone Chapel just to the right of the pulpit here following the congregational meeting. Finally, we will share in a reception with Shannon and her family in Anderson Hall after that congregational meeting to celebrate her nine years of ministry and leadership among us and to send her into this next chapter of her life and work with our blessing. You should please consider yourself to be invited to that. Well, once again, welcome. Welcome to this moment and this morning and everything that it holds. Welcome to Fourth Church. Welcome to worship.
Let us pray. Living God with joy, we celebrate the presence of your risen word. Enliven our hearts by your Holy Spirit so that we may proclaim the good news of eternal and abundant life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Our scripture reading this morning is Psalms chapter 104, verses 24 to 34. Listen now for God's word to us. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan that you form to sport in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. figured most of y'all would be on vacation. <laughs> Our gospel reading today comes from John's gospel, first the 14th chapter and then readings from the 20th chapter. I invite you to listen for God's living word. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, 
you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and the Father will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither knows the Spirit nor hears the Spirit. You know the Spirit because the Spirit abides with you and the Spirit will be in you. And then the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today is the third biggest holiday celebration in the church year. It is the kickoff to the beginning of the season of Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. Now we should forgive ourselves if we came to worship not realizing what a big day it is. After all, as a friend once pointed out, there are no happy Pentecost Hallmark cards. Few people have been out doing special shopping for Pentecost treats. Some of us remember to wear red, and I did see one red hat, but that's the color of the Holy Spirit, but there aren't a whole lot of those. My guess is that those of you with children did not experience them waking you up early to go and figure out where the Pentecost gifts were hidden somewhere in the house, waiting to be unwrapped. Of course, here at the church, we are indeed wearing roll red stoles, and the red pyramids are hanging from the pulpit and the lectern along with the banners. Pastor Nancy did use the hypno-twister in our processional, in case you're wondering what that's called, to symbolize the free wheeling, goes where it wants, blowing and conspiring movement of the Holy Spirit in our midst. And the liturgy we speak, the songs we sing, will feature the power and presence of God's Spirit in our lives and in this world. For today is indeed known in the Christian church as the birthday of the church with a capital C. But as I was once gently taught by a rabbi, and as Pastor Rocky has already reminded us, the festival of Pentecost is a Jewish festival at its roots, the festival of Shavuot, the festival of the harvest. It's important for us to remember that lineage and honor it. We call it the church's birthday, however, because it is when those of us who follow God in the way of Jesus both received and recognized the power of the Spirit, just as Jesus had promised. And like the stories of Jesus' birth in three of the four Gospels, the church's birth story also comes to us from two very different perspectives. We normally hear the perspective spoken in Acts, the rather loud and dramatic story of our coming into being. It is a story where all the disciples are in the house when suddenly the force and the power of the Spirit symbolically blows the roof off and the windows and the doors open. They are all grasped by a power they do not understand, cannot explain, and simply must just receive. Scripture speaks of tongues like fire dancing above their heads as they all begin to testify to the good news of Jesus Christ 
in a whole variety of languages, languages understood by the wide diversity of God's people who had gathered that day in Jerusalem for the festival of Pentecost. The disciples' excited testimony felt so unwieldy and chaotic to those in the crowd that some of them accused Peter and the others of being drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning, he replied, making me wonder if his answer would have been different, closer to five. <laughs> Who knows, but it's that boundary-breaking, chaos-causing, fire-of-justice-flaming, testimony-shouting story of our birth that we usually hear on this birthday day. This morning, though, we heard a quieter story of our birth, a quieter, just as unexpected, yet much more discreet beginning of our church's story. We heard John's version. And in John's version, all we have is a group of scared, locked in a room, anxious group of disciples who thought all was lost and could not imagine what their future held. Even though we overheard Jesus telling them back in chapter 14 that the Spirit, the Advocate, would come to them when God was ready, at this point of the story in chapter 20, it's only Easter evening. And despite Mary of Magdala's powerful testimony to them that the, she had met the risen Jesus in the garden that very morning, they were all still terribly frightened. Nevertheless, John tells us that the risen Christ comes into their presence anyway and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. And then as Barbara Brown Taylor once preached, Jesus showed them his ID, the wounds in his hands and his side, and peace was with them as the word became flesh once again in their sight. Then, as she said, he did something very creepy and mystical that none of them would ever forget. He commissioned them by breathing on them, opening his mouth and pouring what was inside of him into them so that their bangs blew and their eyelashes fluttered and they could smell where he had come from. Not just Golgotha and Galilee, but way before that, back when the world itself was being born. Taylor continued, anyone standing there that evening with any memory at all could smell Eden on his breath. Salt brine, river mud, calla lilies. They could feel their own lungs fill as they breathed in what he breathed out, what their fear had killed in them. His breath brought back to life. It was Genesis redone as they were created all over again by the power of the Spirit that was coming out of his mouth. Receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, and that's how it happened. With a gentle breath, he conferred his Spirit on the disciples who became the guardians of that Spirit through the ministry of Christ's church. This is John's version of our collective birth story, one I call a slow burn. For Jesus' gift of the Spirit through a slow breath did not set the disciples' hair on fire. It did not bring instant love and light and unity for all the world to see. It didn't even really seem to convince them of its power to transform the world in their lives. After all, those disciples in John 20 stayed in the same room that whole week, trying to bring Thomas up to speed, and Jesus ended up having to do the whole meeting all over again. 
It doesn't sound exactly like inspiring ministry, but this seems to be enough Pentecost for John. A friend of mine named Becca once told a story to my preaching group that illustrated the power of something like a slow burn, and this week she gave me permission to say it to you. Around 10 years ago, she and her husband took a trip to Guatemala. She wanted to introduce him to the community who had acted like a burning bush of call for her that ignited her life and sent her eventually into ordained ministry. Her husband, though, while he was glad to meet her friends, was much more excited about doing a nighttime volcano tour. Thus, against her better judgment, she agreed to go with him and the rest of the tourist group. She told us that as they trekked up the side of the volcano that night, it was much more terrifying than they ever thought it would be. They could not see their leaders who were somewhere in front of them. And the wind was blowing 80 miles an hour, so they could not hear their leaders either. What they could see clearly was the glowing red lava straight ahead. At some point, someone else in the group gave her a stick and made the universal sign for use the stick to bang the ground. After a few moments of confusion, she finally understood what he was telling her. This is how you know the ground is solid, he yelled. You don't want your shoe to go into the lava. <laughs> Needless to say, she did not find this comforting. But she banged the stick ahead of her the whole rest of the journey. And at one point, when they had reached the highest point of the volcano, all she needed to do was cling to a rock and shout, the earth does not want us here. Finally, though, as they stared into the pot of fire, proof that, as she said, demonstrated to her that the cool ground we always stand on has a molten heart at its center, slowly and continually burning, even though we rarely see it. As they walked back down, everyone in the group moved much more slowly. Some of them moved that way because, indeed, they were wearing melted shoes. She moved that way, though, because she was just glad to be alive. Yet when Pentecost came around for her that year, she could not escape what she had experienced that night at the volcano. Here's how she stated it. It reminded me there is an igneous love at the center of this earth and also at the center of everything that God has made. The Spirit can warm lakes and it can move nations. It makes a way where there is no way. And thanks be to God, it can still be there without burning visibly all the time. That doesn't make it less powerful. That makes it patient that makes it kind. It has all the time in the world because it made and continues to remake the world. To me, that sounds like the power of a slow burn. And yes, as our other birth story reminds us, the spirit can definitely be more like a flash of fire and a roaring wind when it needs to be. But it can also resemble that gentle breath of power that Jesus exhaled on the disciples that night. A gentle breath of power that remakes and transforms even when it goes unnoticed for a really long time. 
a gentle breath of power that ignites a passion for justice and mercy in the hearts of those previously numbed by apathy, even when they don't recognize from whom the longing has come. A gentle breath of power that shows up in congregational long-range planning listening sessions and around sandwich-making tables and at the time the waters of a baby's baptism and the time of commissioning fellow church members to go and testify to God's love and word and deed as they travel together. Maybe that sense of the Spirit's slow burn is what the theologian John Wesley felt when he said his heart felt strangely warmed. Maybe that sense of the Spirit's slow burn is what Presbyterian author Fred Beekner experienced when he described the moment when a deep need in the world intersects with something in you that offers a deep gladness. He called that your vocation. Maybe that sense of the Spirit's slow burn is what Mother Teresa described as the call within a call. The Spirit does not always blow with gale-force winds, but sometimes it comes as a gentle breath of power, a slow burn that stokes the fireplace of the soul and helps you do the hard work of letting pain or shame or righteous anger become the fuel for what God is calling you to do next. In this passage from John, his version of our birth story, Jesus does not say, I'll send the lightning bolt. Rather, he says, I will send you the advocate. Another word for that is paraclete, that translate as one who comes alongside, one who is an encourager, a power who somehow fills you with the courage you need to keep being a disciple for yet another day. So perhaps today on this church's birthday, as we all gather together, we might think of the Spirit as a slow burn, a gentle breath of power that keeps any of our quivering hearts from feeling isolated, a slow burn, a gentle breath of power who reminds us we are in the middle of or connected to a whole group of people with shared breaths and shared wounds and shared joy so we can remember none of us is ever truly alone. For the Spirit of God, Jesus promised would come, has indeed moved into our midst. It has blown into our lives. It abides with us and in us and among us at all times and all places. It is a slow burn of holy creative power that on some days will have us raising our voices to the rooftops and blowing out the windows with our spirit-filled passion as we call an act for justice and mercy. But on other days, the slow burn of holy creative power will encourage us to do just the little bit of ministry that, it our, that is ours to do at that moment. Here's what I know. This slow burn, this gentle breath of power, this holy, creative, freely blowing spirit is alive and well at Fourth Presbyterian Church of Chicago. It is the molten heart of everything you do as a congregation. It will continue to give you the courage 
and the openness and the vision you need as you move into this next season of your life together. It is always continually present, even in those moments when the ground just feels cool and you cannot see or hear where you are going next. But that slow burn spirit is present, regardless of fear, regardless of change, regardless of anything we do or don't do. So as we take our leave from each other today, my prayer is that we will each take a deep breath in and catch a whiff of the Eden on Jesus' breath, the smell of salt brine, river mud, and calla lilies. And we will remember the power of the slow burn of God's Spirit who resides in us and among us, making all of us a part of Christ's body together, regardless of where we are, from now until forever. Thank you for being conduits of that encouraging power for me. Thank you. Amen.
seated. There are different gifts, but it is the same Spirit who gives them. There are different ways of serving God, but it is the same Lord who is served. Each one of us is given gifts by the Spirit to use for the common good. Together, we are the body of Christ, and individually, we are members of that body. I invite all youth and adults participating in one of our summer trips to please stand now as you are able, wherever you're seated. There are also several trip participants worshiping online this morning as well. Fourth Church will send out groups of youth and adults this summer to extend the church's mission into the world by serving and growing in their faith. We have a team going to be with our partner church in Havana, Cuba. We also have middle schoolers traveling to St. Louis, high school students traveling to partner with the American Church in Paris, and other high school students participating in the youth conference at the Montreat uh, Conference Center in North Carolina. Each of these groups of youth will be accompanied by committed and caring adult leaders, and St. Louis needs an extra one if you wanna come (laughs) talk to me afterwards. Siblings in Christ, those of you standing, going on trips this summer, I present to you those who will support you as you go out this summer. These folks believe that your mission is important. And siblings in Christ who are in the sanctuary this morning and online, I present to you those who will be representing our congregation in their summer trips. So friends, those of you who are standing or online, do you acknowledge your summer trip as a commission from God? And Do you accept the responsibility of representing this congregation and doing God's work in Cuba, St. Louis, Paris, and Montreat? Do you? Very good. (laughs) We'll give you a couple more shots at that. (laughs) (laughs) Will Will you demonstrate Christ's teaching by loving one another and turning strangers into friends? Will you? There you go, one more. Will you serve faithfully on this trip in ways that bring honor and glory to God? Will you serve with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love, treasuring your experiences as opportunities to learn and to grow? Will you? And to this congregation, do we recognize God's commission on the lives of these participants? Do we? We do. Will we support them with our prayers during their ventures and with our interest upon their return, recognizing their special contribution to the work of God's realm and their mission as our own? Will we? Let us pray. Guiding and loving God, empower these people to be your hands and feet. Help them to glorify you by serving and being with others by their actions and words. Make them witnesses to your great love. Protect them, teach them, and support them as they take this next step in their own journey to becoming the people you call them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I invite you to stand and say what it is we believe using the words from a brief statement of faith. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor 
and binds us together with all believers in the one body of Christ, the Church, the same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the Church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of people long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. The white rose in the chancel today indicates a change in the life of our community. We grieve the loss of Nan Birmingham, who passed into the loving arms of God on May 22nd. We give thanks for her precious life, and we give thanks to God for the promise of eternal life. Let us pray. Holy God, on this day of Pentecost, we hear of how you breathed life into the early church, filling them with power and sending them out to love and serve the world. Do so with us as well. Just as you made it possible for them to understand each other in spite of speaking different languages and coming from different homelands, so too help us to know and love each other. Help us to see and honor deep in our spirits our wonderful diversity. Teach us to love with the same exuberance with which you create. Bind us together in the household of faith, the church universal, extending throughout time and space. Where there is disunity, bring reconciliation. Where there is violence, bring peace. Where there is fear, bring comfort and courage. Where there is illness, bring healing. Where there is death, bring hope in life everlasting and help us to trust in your guiding presence with us at all times. Be with our leaders in the church, in the nation, and in the world. Fill them with a spirit of wisdom and discernment, humility and creativity that each may lead with hopeful vision and strong commitment to the well-being of all. Open all hearts and fill us with respect for your whole creation, for each tiny part and for every creature, for vast landscapes and for all ecosystems knit together so beautifully and powerfully. Let our hearts be filled with awe 
and our actions filled with conviction and care. Holy God, today we especially wrap prayers around the Reverend Shannon Kirshner, our sister in Christ. As she prepares to step away from this part of your church and your people here in Chicago and move to serve you and your people in your church in Atlanta, we are all connected. With gratitude, we bless her for sharing her God-given gifts with us, gifts of leadership and inspiration, gifts of courage and creativity and strength, and an indomitable spirit of hope and possibility. We know that you will bless her and keep her God, and for that we also give you thanks. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and all our beginnings and endings are rooted in your love. We join our voices together with the voice of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today, as Pastor Rocky mentioned, we receive a special Pentecost offering in support of the Presbyterian Church USA and Fourth Presbyterian Church Ministries working with at-risk youth and young ones. To make a gift for that offering, you can designate that online or through Venmo or write it on the memo line of your check. There are instructions on the back page of your bulletin if you need them. Friends, we have been blessed by the gift of life through God's very spirit breathed into us. May we receive deeply and share generously all that God has given us. Our morning offering will now be received.
dedication. Holy God, we have opened our hands and hearts to you, and we have been filled with good things. Receive the gifts we bring in grateful response. Stir up in us courage as we offer ourselves and the fruits of our labor for your work in the world. Amen. Congregational meeting will begin immediately following the postlude, therefore I'm not going to be greeting anyone after worship, but will do so at the reception. Whoever didn't think to put Kleenexes up here, I think that was my idea. Oh well. Go out into this world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return no person evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted support the weak, help the suffering, honor all people, 
love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. May God bless you and keep you. be gracious.